Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net and tell Ford you want that free book. He's going to send it to you. And the season is over as we hit off-season mode and the Braves go down in Philadelphia. And now we move to the off-season. But initial reactions of what we've seen thus far, Lindsey, as far as the series was concerned, as well as the playoffs. The two things that I really took away from the series as a whole, because it's more than just the one loss, right? Is number one, you scored eight runs in four games and five of those came in game three in that, or game two. Yeah, that game Mm -hmm. two Game two. Game two. And your lowest scoring four game stretch at any time this season was nine runs. So this was a season low for you and runs in a four game series. And I don't really know how you fix that. It's not mm. like you, it's like the Dodgers, like let's, let's use them. They were another team that scored a ton of runs that were limited early. The Dodgers had two very outstanding offensive performers and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. And then mm-hmm. they had a lot of guys that didn't do much of anything. Miguel Rojas, Max Muncy batted under 200. Like there's plenty of places where you can look and say there's obvious places to upgrade the offense on that team. The Atlanta Braves didn't really have that. Like they batted five, like they had a 501 slugging as a team. Mm-hmm. It was a, 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 a high, a, a record for MLB. They tied the record for home runs in a season and there's no, obvious glaring place that you have to fix it it's just it it leads me back to and i'm not blaming this for why atlanta lost i am making the observation that the best five records entering the postseason those teams went one in 13. so the astros maybe have figured out this format but no one else has and The only thing that I can think of is winning the division almost a month. It was almost exactly a month ago in Philadelphia. You won the division, winning the division a month ago and then not having any meaningful games for three weeks and then not having games at all for a week and then coming back and playing in the postseason obviously is not working out. What does MLB do to fix that? What do you do to fix that? Because... I mean, we, we we talked about this with Tom Glavin. We talked about this with, with each other. Uh, getting eliminated in the first round, in your first round of the postseason, second round of the, of the playoffs, th- this is not a satisfying year. You, you no. won over 100 games, and you expected to be at least playing for a chance to make the World Series. And so the fact that you didn't, it's not a satisfying year. It's not a successful year. And... What do you do going forward? There's no easy answers, and that's what sucks right now. Yeah, it's uh, and and it. I'll even throw not just the Dodgers. I'll throw the Orioles in there as well. They were also a high scoring team as far as the season was concerned, and they were able to put runs up on the board. They also went dead silent uh, when the playoffs rolled around. So, um, as you just said, that it's not a blame game of 
um, why the playoffs were lost against the Phillies. However, Major League Baseball, when your top five teams are, are sitting at home now, has to take a look at something and figure something out. And I don't know. I saw a writer that suggested that maybe even instead of going five games, go seven games, even in the divisional series before yeah. you go to a seven-game championship series. Just because if you're going to keep that week off, that'll at least give teams like that five that had the week mm-hmm. off to – at least get something under their belt and and get maybe something going as far as a routine is concerned. Let me give you, if you don't believe the format is an issue, if you're a person watching this podcast, listening to this pod, who doesn't think the format's an issue, Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts, the four NL MVP candidates, combined to go six for 43 in the NLDS. Mm. The week off, had to have something to do with that. Like there's there's no possible explanation other than taking a week off from hitting 100 mile an hour fastballs and all of a sudden your timing's messed up and you can't catch up when you get attacked with 100 mile an hour fastballs. There's no other explanation for the four best players over a 162 game season all forgetting how to hit when the postseason yeah. gets here other than the fact you made them take a week off before you let them play meaningful games again. It it is uh it, it'd be curious to see if they look at doing something. I will say that um even I, I love Mookie's quote. He he harnessed the responsibility. He his yeah. quote that came out today, he said, I did absolutely nothing to help this team do anything to win. Yeah. And that I mean it took a big guy to say that because he's an MVP candidate. I mean, just mm-hmm. like Ronald is. And so um I, I, not to keep belaboring the point, but yes, it's something needs to be done now. As far as the game is concerned, and and what do you say to this, Lindsay? There are a lot of people that keep going pitching woes, pitching woes, pitching woes. You brought up a good point to me. Atlanta only got housed the one time when it was ten to two, and at that point, those guys were just free swinging anyway. Phillies were. I mean, they were they we were throwing grapefruits and they were parking them in the yard. So, I mean, when you got four or five home runs in a game, you're gonna put up ten runs. Other than that. Braves pitching did what it needed to do, except for Bryce Elder. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Strider did what he needed to do. Could Max Freed have given you a slightly better outing? Yeah. Spencer Strider did exactly what you needed him to do in two games. And so, like, if you look at this series and you turn to me and say the pitching was the problem, you didn't watch this series. Like, it was, and 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 that's the other hard part, right? Like, there's questions about this pitching staff. Yes, you've got Charlie Morton. Does he retire or not? Is Michael Soroka healthy? You're going to miss Kyle Wright next year. There's questions about this pitching staff, but that wasn't the issue. And you didn't really, like your pitching didn't really get beat up except for one game that was already lost where you put in a pros, literally a prospect in to pitch, somebody who still had rookie eligibility because you were saving the rest of the pen. I mean, it's... There's no easy answers here, and yeah. that's what's frustrating for Braves fans and for a writer. Like, I have to sit down tomorrow and talk about what do you do for this team for 2024, and, like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know how you get this team to hit in the NLDS a month after winning the division. Like, I don't know what you do. That's that's yeah. what's frustrating for Braves fans right now. Well, you because saw, if you take a look. If, yeah, if you, you saw the great offense, the and now it's gone. Sorry. Exactly. And if you take a look at the end of the season when they started kind of platooning some guys or a guy just get maybe one or two at bats and then they yank them, you know, with that being being able to call themselves a division winner uh, at the at the end of the season, a month out. 
you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in that instance. Because if yeah. you play them and they get hurt, like if Harper, who almost got hurt as far as this game is concerned, when when he got need by Olsen on, on by just an accident freak play. But if something like that happens in the regular season and you lose an Acuna or an Olsen or even an Ozzy who had that freak incident of getting hit, you know, earlier in the year, um, then then you're going, well, why aren't you sitting them? So it, it, you can't say that it was because there have been a lot of people that have blamed Snedeker and said it was handled wrong it's like yeah but if he handled it the other way and somebody got injured then you would have been complaining about that so it's it's one of those where it's danged if you do darn it if you don't type deals now with that in regards to next year because you said I mean pitching yes it, it would be great to get some healthy guys out there but are the Braves going to be looking at making any moves? I mean, as far as Freed is concerned, is he going to get his money? As you just said about Morton, we're not real sure where we are on that. And if they, you know, give him a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal or something of that nature, uh, what what are the Braves looking at doing as far as that is concerned? So Charlie Morton has a $20 million club option for next year. It's his age 40 season. And everything that we've heard, everything that we understand on this is – it is the Braves will pick it up if Charlie decides he wants to come back and pitch. He always has the option to retire. Obviously, being 40 years old, his kids being a little bit older. The reason he's been with the Braves the last few years is because their spring training facility is very close to his home in Florida. And so he, in essence, stays at home during spring training and gets mm -hmm. to see his family a little more often than if he pitched in, you know, Texas or somewhere else. Um, he has to decide what he wants to do. And the, the competitor part of me has to think being on the sidelines and not being able to pitch in that final series may want him to want to come back to try it again, and I don't know. But you've got a couple contract decisions to make. You've got him. You have a $9 million club option on any Rosario. You have a $6 million club option on Colin McHugh. Pretty confident that's going to get declined. You have a $5.75 million club option on Kirby Yates. You also have... A good handful, I want to say it's something around 13 guys that are going to arbitration, including Max Freed, in the final year of his deal, projected to get around $14 million in arbitration. Uh, the, 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 at this point, the Braves are not expected to re-sign Max Freed. Uh, the, the Braves' MO has been nobody really gets over $22 million a year. We offer these guys deals earlier in their major league service time so that we can save a bit of money by buying out some of their um, arbitration years and then also mm -hmm. buying out some free agent years. That's what you did with Strider. He had one year of service time. He got a long-term extension that ate up two or three free agent years. Freed has one more year to go before he's a free agent. He's also the player rep uh, for the Players mm -hmm. Association on the team. It is very, very likely Max Freed will make it to to free agency simply because he's carried the risk every single year. He's been on one year contracts. Mm -hmm. I wrote about this a couple months ago. He's been on one year contracts uh, since he got into arbitration. So if you were going to extend Freed, you probably would have already done it. And I feel like it's going to be a situation kind of like Dansby, kind of like Freddie. You make him a deal that you think is what you can afford to do, staying within the framework that you've laid for other guys. And somebody's going to come in and throw a stupid amount of money at Max Freed, and he's going to end up leaving. That's yeah. Now a, that's yeah. after 2024, though. You have one right. more season with Max Freed. Yeah, and I mean he's he's 29 now. He'll be 30 when that happens. When he becomes a free agent, he's a lefty. Uh, there are a lot of teams around the league that would love to have a 30-year-old left-handed arm, and you know, sitting in their dugout. So I, a I number one. Expect, 
Yeah, exactly. And so I fully expect that. And then again, it, that's another thing. He, it's not like he's one of those Atlanta kids that Atlanta's notorious for getting. He didn't have like any high school ties to there. I mean, he's a California kid. So you do wonder uh, what the options may be for him. How about uh, roles within within the field and the defense? I mean, you know, do you see him try to move a Grissom to maybe get somebody? Or do you, uh, you know, what's, what is Pilar doing? What is, you know, what's going to go on with him? You just mentioned Rosario. We know what's happening there. Uh, there's an option there with, with Eddie, but – um, you know, what about some of the other guys that are not locked up like Acuna and Ozzy and, and, um, and Olsen and those guys? Yeah, the, the, the big open spot that you would look at would be left field. And even with Eddie Rosario having that club option for his age 33 year, something where you didn't feel confident starting him against lefties, we will acknowledge he's been a pretty streaky player. And so the Von Grissom question is, why well, I think by now we know Von Grissom is not going to work out on the dirt, right? He mm -hmm. could play second base at probably defensively a below average level, um, but he's not going to work at a shortstop. And so do you move him to left field or do you use him as a trade piece to go out and try to acquire a left fielder or a pitcher with some long-term control? I think that's one of the big questions this team's going to have to answer. And the fact that they've been willing to include Von Grissom on the postseason roster, they used him in the game uh, in that final game for that final at-bat, it feels like they want him to be a part of this roster. Uh, it's just a question of, do they trade him or do they keep him and move him in positions? I think that he'd be okay at left field. I think the issue you would have is Von Grissom hasn't really shown the power that you expect from a corner outfielder, from a left fielder. That's a position where a lot of teams typically sacrifice a little bit of defense and batting average to get a big slugger who can hit 30, 35 home runs. And that's not what Von Grissom is. Von Grissom is very much, it's more doubles power than home run power now. He's still mm -hmm. a young player. And so that's the issue you have to figure out is, is do you move him knowing that you probably lose a little bit of power potential? Or do you try to trade him with him being an infielder to get someone else either for the outfield or for the starting pitching to to make something happen there. That's a that's kind of a big question. Yeah, I, not that I'm. If I'm going to make my pitch to the front office, I would tell them I would say I want a guy like you know what I expected out of Olson and got a whole lot more. If we can get a two sixty guy that hits thirty home runs, mm -hmm. uh, if they're not going to move Grissom out there, then that would be acceptable in my book. And you know, I think that Pilar five years ago could have been that type of guy. Uh, however, with his age and him getting up there, that keeps him from being that way at this point. It's all yeah. been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. You can go to annuity360.net for your free book, Ford. Would love to hook you up with that. All you got to do is just register online, tell Ford who you are and that you want a copy of that book. Again, it's annuity360.net. Get that contact information to him. Ford and his team at Active Wealth specialize in assisting pre-retirees and retirees that are ready to invest in the knowledge and expertise to guide you towards making sound financial decisions. The registered investment advisor that Ford uses, Brookstone Capital Management, they manage an impressive $8.5 billion in assets, and that's the kind of experience that you want on your side. Learn more about Active Wealth and the serious services that they offer by going to activewealth.com. And if you missed any of Ford's enlightening financial radio shows that he carries in the Atlanta area, don't worry, you can listen to those as well at Active Wealth Show. 
Com. An incredible opportunity to gain valuable insight into managing your finances. Get that free book at annuity360.net until Ford we said hello. Lindsay, if you are the front office right now, what's your what's your take? Put, put on your general manager hat. What is your takeaway if if you're the front office and I mean you're pleased with the season, but then you get the naysayers and you go, but then you guys you know, fouled up in the postseason again. Here we are again, another year with the Braves making it right there toward the end, doing well throughout the season and just dropping the ball. Um, I know you're not supposed to compare yourself to other teams, but as we talked about at the first part of this pod, it doesn't seem to be just a Braves issue. It seems to be an issue across baseball. Yeah, it's honestly, if I'm the GM, and a lot of fans aren't going to love to hear this, if I'm the GM <laughs> and I'm thinking about this team, I'm thinking about how random and small sample size the postseason is, right? I'm thinking my job is to build a roster that has enough depth and has enough performance to get through the regular season and get us into the postseason. And we've heard it from Brian Snitker. We heard it after the game from Nick Castellanos, different people. The postseason is virtually a different sport from the regular season. And so I need to figure out, is there tweaks that I can make to the personnel of the organization to make this roster more effective in the postseason? But this isn't a dramatic turn of the battleship, right? Like this is, this is you're making changes on the fringes here because you have most of this lineup locked in already. And like really you're you're it's you're just kind of going to reshuffle some deck chairs there's not yeah. much i would change because the braves offense just got cold for four games mm -hmm. they didn't have time to get out of it and you can't look in 2021 the braves offense got hot mm -hmm. and other teams didn't like it's it's so random in the postseason i don't want to say make wholesale changes obviously something has to change and Alex Anthopoulos gets paid a lot more money than I do to figure out what that thing is. But there's no glaringly obvious problem to fix. And honestly, I'm just trying to do as much as I can to get as much depth and quality depth as possible. Nicky Lopez, I think that's an acquisition. He's got a couple years of control left. I think that's an acquisition that we're, we might look back on in a year or two and think of it like the Orlando Arcia acquisition. Correct. Where it was a depth guy that we got just to be a backup, and he ends up being a starter and playing a big role for this team in the future. I think Nicky Lopez might be that guy going forward because he's so good defensively, and if you can get his offense to be a little bit better, all of a sudden you've got another key piece for very cheap. And so that's where I am as a general manager, is I'm thinking, let me just make sure that I have enough pitching coming up through the organization because you could lose Freed. You could also lose Soroka after mm. the 2024 season because of, I wrote that whole thing up at Braves today because of when they called them up and then him getting hurt. He got enough service time to, to get one more year closer to free agency. So uh, my, I, I'm thinking depth for the outfield, depth mm. for the infield, uh, multiple starting pitching options, and some guys who we can identify that could go into the bullpen and then working on the draft, working on finding values and just getting more depth in the organization. Like that's, I'm not looking for any massive changes. This is, this is not an off season where you expect a Sean Murphy trade or a Matt Olson trade, 
right? This is, this is a do what you can to see what kind of improvements you can make. And really you run it back because it worked for 162 games and then it didn't work in the last four. And you have a much larger sample size showing you that this was correct on what to do in 162. than you have a sample size showing you this didn't work out in these four games. It stings at the moment, but the Braves got beat by a really hot team that was going to the playoffs who really hit the ball very well in the Phillies. So we shall see uh, what the offseason brings for the Braves. I know that people are not happy right now. However, Mm -hmm. uh, keep in mind, we will try to keep you posted. We're still going to do our three pods a week. And so we'll be here to uh, let you guys know what we're hearing on the street, as well as maybe any acquisitions that may take place. And if there are any that take place, uh, Lindsay, now get on here and break those down and talk about, you know, what all to expect out of that, like, you know, during the midseason, getting Lopez. I mean, if something like that happens in the offseason where a key piece comes in, uh, we'll have a full breakdown of that, as well as you can catch all of the info at bravestoday.com with all the articles. It's all been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Visit annuity360.net for your free book. Lindsay, we will do this again soon. I know it stings. It does. (laughs) But I, I greatly appreciate your time, sir, and chop on. Thank you.